Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. You're listening to Dan Issel and Louis Rabot on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Dan and Louie. And welcome back, everybody. This is Issel and Louie sitting in for Louie this week, who's about to end his vacation. When does Louie come back? Do you know? I, honestly, I'm sometime this weekend, but I'm not 100% sure. He'll be back with you on Monday for sure. So Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, a reminder that this hour of the show is brought to you by Delta Dental of Kentucky. Whether you're looking for dental coverage for your employees or an individual or family policy, Delta Dental of Kentucky has you covered with a nationwide network of dentists. Plus, they offer Delta Vision, a comprehensive vision plan through VSP. Enrolling in a dental or vision plan is easy. You can call them at 1-800-955-2030, or you can always visit them online at ky.deltadental.com. So uh, a big night tomorrow night at the Yum Center, Michael. Yes, that's right. How about that? Going to yeah. raise the banner? Uh, have uh, How many people uh, are, do we know are going to be back from the, uh, from the 13 team? Um, you know that's a good question. I know that Shane Bahannon is uh, like uh, is not coming in. He was, you know, the the relationship between him and the university is still a little strained. Uh, hmm. But uh, let's see if we can get the the guys that are coming in. I saw I saw a list, and it was actually kind of interesting to me because I had to go back. So the 2011 Derby Classic, which was Shane Bahannon and Kevin Ware, uh, was my first year doing the Derby Classic. So. Uh, I got to know Shane pretty well, um, and you know it's one of those kids again. Just probably didn't have the the leadership he probably should have had to uh, to really make a difference. But then I started looking. It's like, well, who were the other U of L guys? Because I remember there being a bunch, and they just didn't really pan out. So they had a guy named Zach Price who didn't pan out. Uh, Angel Nunez who went ended up going to South Florida after transferring. Zach Price ended up going to Winthrop. They had a uh, Blackshear was supposed to play in that game, and then he got hurt and didn't show up. So, uh, yeah, so that that was it. So Shane was the only player, I guess, when I when I spoke that played on that national championship team. Interestingly enough, though, we had Kevin Keats, who was at Hargrave as an assistant coach. He had a young guy named Des Wells who went to play at Xavier and then went on to play at Maryland. And uh, but really, the reason why we really had Kevin Keats in to, to coach the game was so that he could interview, kind of under the radar. And became Louisville's assistant, like, I don't know, two weeks after the, the game happened and started <laughs> opening up that Hargrave, um, that Hargrave route from, uh, to Louisville, which that was Montrez that summer. So, you know, because he was a late, 
late addition, if you all remember that. It was over the summer. Uh, but he played for Coach Keats. And then, um, and then eventually you got uh, both Anton Gill, who never really panned out at Louisville. I never really fully understood why. I, I loved that kid in high school. And then, of course, Terry Rozier ended up playing there as well. And uh, So that Hargrave um, – pipeline to louisville was really strong and that a lot of that had to do with kevin keats so mm. yeah mm. so kevin keats was a huge assistant on that 2013 but of course he's now coaching north carolina state it's too bad they couldn't line that up i guess where maybe north carolina state was coming to play here and and keats could have been here as well you know i, I wonder if they'll have patino uh give a video is patino uh, uh, doing uh, that for kentucky no for u of l tomorrow well i mean it could, they're doing the 96 team and and ninety seventeen, right in Lexington. He's, he's not gonna. He's not gonna where, do a video for Kentucky. Where would he be? Where would he be received better? Oh, are you kidding? We still have people that are on the airwaves here that would lust after having Coach Patino back and coaching at U of L. Uh, there, that's not even close. I don't even. I don't think. I don't think you get too many people. I mean, you might now. But I can't. I, I don't think you get too many fans uh, that would welcome Rick back to Lexington with open arms. I mean, Louisville do it in a heartbeat. All right. Well, let's, yeah. let's flip it then. Where do you think he has the most? Who? Which? Which one do you think he has the most animosity towards? Mm. Which one would he be more likely to show up at? Uh. Well, you know, he said at the time he left Louisville. He said he would never return to the state of Kentucky, and he he held true to that uh, until he had a book signing tour. <laughs> so so he, he 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 broke he broke his code for the book signing tour. Uh, I I would say that he would have more animosity to Louisville because he left Lexington. On, on his, his own, terms. yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't leave Louisville on his terms, not even close. Yeah. So I, I would guess that it, it would be Louisville, but I still think Louisville, uh, given what has ha- transpired since he left, I think Louisville would welcome him back. If if they said tomorrow, if they took a poll tomorrow and said, "Who would you like to have coach the team next year?" We can we can have either one of these guys. Would you rather have Rick Pitino or Kenny Payne? And if you, I'm guessing if you kept it in Jefferson County and only had Louisville fans respond, I'm guessing that Rick would get in the high 80 percentile. Well, I'm telling you right now, you could ask me the same question on that on the Kentucky side, and I would go with Rick Pitino as well. Uh, no, you would not. No, you'd rather have Calipari than Rick Pitino. No question. Why? Well, to start out with... This is fascinating, by the way. To start out with, uh, how how many things has Cal done wrong? No, let me rephrase that. (laughs) How many things has Cal got caught at as far as having prostitutes in the dorm, uh, giving kids, offering kids $10,000 to come and play? Has Cal done any of that? You know, of course, we're saying getting caught, and I and I um, no. Well, well, you didn't answer my question. No, he is not. He has not Thank done you. any of that as far Thank as you. far so as we know. That's where I would start yeah. with the comparison. Okay. 
Do you take the lack of responsibility that Rick has taken for that whole situation? Like, is a is kind of, I, it's 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 pretty uh, interesting, I guess. I mean, I think if you're the head coach, it's your program, right? And whatever happens in your program, whether you knew about it or you didn't, you're responsible for it. Do you agree with that? I I, I would say two things. I would say number one, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're the head coach. You're the CEO. You're the chairman of the board. Whatever happens in in your the company that you're running, you're responsible for. That's number one. Number two, I cannot believe, I cannot believe that Patino did not know that stuff was going on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. What? Well, I would. I would agree. Like, I think there's, yeah. there, especially in the age of surveillance and video and all, you know, all this other stuff that kind of happens. And you know, I, I think there, there was a, and again, the, the NCAA has been interesting on how they've ruled about this too, about how coaches, you know, had no way of knowing, and they, they kind of, uh, even in Rick's case, they kind of gave him a, him a, a personally a pass, right? Um, and. At the end of the day, like it makes it creates a culture, I guess, where it's easy for coaches to want to know certain things and not want to know other things. Well, you know, let's just take let's just take the uh, the uh, dance parties. Yes, uh, let, let's take that. This this guy, some lackey, was was paying these people. You think Andre McGee's not going to be? You don't think Andre McGee's going to be at the Young Center on uh, Saturday? He's not going to be there. Uh, where where was he getting the the tens of thousands of dollars? You oh, the guy was he, coming out of his pocket. No, oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know the the guy's at the bottom of the totem pole. He's not shelling out ten thousand dollars of his own cash. Yeah. to pay to pay for that. Well, and one if of the, you believe he is, then you're you're naive. No, that one hundred percent. And then uh, we have a texter saying that when did Patino give money to recruits? According to the NCAA, it never happened. Um, so there you go on that one. Um, <laughs> we that, all live. Whoa, 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 whoa! He was smart enough in the in the conversations that he had with the Adidas people. He was smart enough never to implement, not implement. To incriminate himself. himself, yes, and I think that's my, that was my point, right? Know, now, wait a second. Do you think that he did not know? And I don't care what the NCAA said. The NCAA is a joke. It has it can't wiretap people. It has it has no subpoena power. They can't investigate uh, somebody stealing a gumball. So don't tell me it didn't happen because the NCAA said it didn't happen. That is a joke. And if you're going to tell me that Rick Pitino didn't know Adidas was offering these kids money to come to Louisville, then you're naive on the second thing. Okay, well, then let's reverse it. What about then all this the situation Cal's has been Cal has been in at other places? I I I believe that that he was guilty. Okay, I believe he was doing those things. I mean, you don't get UMass. <laughs> Julius had already left. Okay, Julius Irving isn't walking through that door. You don't get UMass to the. Did he get him to the Final Four? Yeah, he did. Yeah, That's you don't Kentucky get UMass the to the Final Four, four yeah. playing it up and up. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, just he just he just found a way not to get caught. So you know, let's let's the the uh, the entertainment thing incident on its own the the cheating on your wife and Porcini's incident on its own. Let's just take the uh, the money situation. You know, the the Adidas paying the player versus helping Derrick Rose fix an, uh, a test score. Are they equally as bad? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, they're cheating. It, it doesn't matter if you cheat a little bit or you cheat a lot. It's cheating. So, yes. Yes, it is. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you got that. So, I'm looking at it just from an, like an X and O perspective. Yeah. I would rather have Rick from an X and O perspective. Yeah. And recruiting-wise, I, 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 I think if he's at no, Kentucky, he recruits. I, I'll agree with that. Okay. I'll agree with that. But uh, all this other, try, as far as I'm concerned, all this other stuff trumps the X's and O's. Yeah. I guess I'd feel that way if I felt like we had a, a you know, a saint in our spot, too. You oh, know? yeah. No, I agree. I mean, nobody's a saint. Mm-hmm. You're not a saint. I'm not a saint. God knows Avery in this saint. No, she's so. definitely not. <laughs> no. Uh, so, uh, yay or nay on the uh, Patino video tomorrow night? I'm going to say nay because I, I don't think he would ever do something like that for the university. I think he would reach out to his his guys individually. I think he, you know, I think he's a guy who loves his players. Everything I hear, again, like kind of talking to Derek and stuff like that, that he probably would reach out to those guys. He's probably not reaching out to Andre McGee, but he's uh, he's reaching out to everyone else and. Um, and it sounds like he's always there for him. So uh, I imagine it's probably more behind the scenes and he probably won't do anything publicly. Yeah, that, I, I, would, I would guess that that would be the case. Yeah. And, unless he thinks he's got a shot to coach there next year. <laughs> <laughs> Where will he coach next year? I, he'll, it won't be Iona. I, I mean, he got, he got cleared – and, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. We have a very forgiving, and we should. Uh, you know, you're supposed to forgive people. And so, you know, he, there, somebody out there, and I would guess a big program, is going to try to hire Rick Pitino. So I, I'm not sure where it'll be, uh, but I'll, I'll guarantee it's not Iona. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty fascinating to see kind of what jobs open up. We've already, saw, you know, since we already had Duke open up and North Carolina open up, and I don't think Bill Self's going anywhere at Kansas. You know what that job kind of is? I imagine it's kind of like a uh, Bruce Pearl kind of situation where it's a it's a good sized university that's got a lot of potential who just needs the right person at the helm. You know, um, so it'll be, and you know, obviously you can't look at Rick as a long term situation solution. Uh, could he go another five years? Absolutely. I mean, he's. I think he's just now turning seventy. Did he just turn seventy? I think is what it was. So, I believe so. I think he. I think he was born in nineteen fifty two. But, um, you know. So you. So can, just think if this was uh, if, if this was in nineteen if this was in nineteen seventies uh, and he, he was coach. coaching at Kentucky, he'd have to retire after right. this year. Well, seventy seems a lot. The older I get, seventy seems a lot younger. <laughs> hey, I'm about five years past it. I think it's really young. yeah. Again, like, you know, it's like I'm I'm figuring out that I have friends that are that age, and it's uh, it's it's all, it's all good. So, um, yeah. So let's let's talk about the game. We've yeah. talked about the banner and the and the celebration. Let's talk about the game. Um, 
again, the predictor, and I haven't seen a line on this one either. Have you, Mike? I have not. I'll go check yeah. real quick to see if it's back up. I had they, Tiger Woods up, uh, you know, trying to watch a little bit of his round. So, yeah, um, he's. Uh, I think he's one under after two. He's playing good, man. I mean, that's you know, it doesn't seem he like, just had a really short. They they're they're starting on the back nine, yeah. which again is a flip flop from yesterday, and so he just uh, on eleven. He had a really short birdie putt and missed it. but uh, And now I think he's in the bunker at 12. Um, so, um, again, <laughs> the, the matchup predictor, and I, I should have 90% been watching to see how close these people come, but they give – they give Louisville a 9% chance of winning the game what, tomorrow. I think it's ridiculous. I mean, we got a Clemson team that's sliding right now, right? I mean, they, they start off very strong, but three of their four conference games have happened in, the, in their last five. They barely beat a Florida State team. Um, that I, I could argue that Louisville and Florida State are pretty close to on par right now. Um, you know, they lost to Boston College just like Louisville did. They lost to Miami by four. Louisville, you know, obviously lost to them by eight. Um, and that was a home game for Clemson versus a road game for Louisville. And then they got freaking blasted by Carolina by 21. And, um, and that, and which is interesting because that same Florida State team, they beat by 40 points and then ended up only beating them by one. And that was in a five-game stretch, Dan. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Here's the matchup that I'm going to be watching tomorrow night. I think I, I've only seen Clemson play two or three times. I I think this Hunter Tyson, I think this kid can play. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's averaging 15 points, shooting 49% from the field, 84% from the free throw line. And I've as I've said all year, Louisville doesn't have a big man that can guard their shadow. And so I think that's I think that's a key matchup. Whoever is guarding that young man, because uh, he might go for twenty five tomorrow night. Well, this is where I think you could see like where a core four didn't play it at all against Virginia. I don't think Clemson runs such an, a complicated scheme that you couldn't throw an athletic a core four out there that could really bother someone like Hunter Tyson. Now he might foul out in fifteen minutes, but <laughs> yeah. sometimes that's worth it, right, Dan? Yeah, you know. No. Yeah, that's why uh, you know that's that's why uh, you can play. I mean, if you've got if you've got nine or ten fouls to give up at one position, go go ahead and do it. But you know, if you put him at the free throw line, he's an eighty four percent free throw shooter. So I I, I think that's going to be a key the key matchup of the game tomorrow night. He did have twenty eight points uh, when they played Louisville last time. So um, mm-hmm. there and then you know they didn't they didn't destroy Louisville the last time they played. Uh, when they played at Clemson, it was it was a closer. Let me see if I remember what that score is. I should I should have had it pulled up. I apologize. Uh, yeah, they beat by thirteen. Hey, listen, Mike. Just because it's your last day here, I'm, you know, I'm sliding. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you got to do your prep. Yeah, I'm sorry. You do yeah, your prep. yeah. So you know, thirteen. They beat him by thirteen, and that was with the Tyson kid having twenty eight. Yeah. Um, nine for fourteen uh, from the floor. I mean, that's that's getting it done, right? So no, he had a. I remember that. That was when that was when he first came on my radar. Was watching that game. I thought he had a terrific game. You know, at his size too, he can stretch the floor a little bit, and he can go out there and he can hit a three. So yep, um, yep. that's a it's a tough matchup. It's a tough player. I mean, anytime you can get that kind of size with the guy who can, you know, I, I love the guys who can score three different ways. Right. I mean, that's uh, it's it seems 
like you would get to that level, you'd have a lot of guys who can score three different ways. But it's it's really limited, isn't it, Dan? About the guys who can score three different ways. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the way the game's played today, there is no premium placed on a min rage suitor. People, right. you know, coaches don't want the 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 statistical guys that they don't want you taking a fifteen foot jump shot. They either want you getting to the rim or taking a three pointer, uh, and so. It's the way the game is played today. Those, that that's not much of an advantage. I mean, Kentucky's even got a guy who won the national player of the year who can't even make a left sh- uh, a right shoulder move. So there you go. There you go. Did you like there that you that picture I sent you the other day? By the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he that guy just hung out on Oscar's left shoulder and gave him the entire baseline, and Oscar never wanted to take it once. No. No. It just, if, if you can only play with one hand. People can figure out how to stop you pretty quickly. Yeah, and that's happened this year. I think. I mean, I think, yeah, and it, it, it happens at every level. Yeah, it, it happens. It, it happens in the NBA. Yeah. So. A couple of interesting things I, I wanted to bring up about the NBA. I saw this yesterday. They did a straw poll uh, for at, at, and I don't know who the straws are. But they did a straw poll um, about uh, who the MVP is at this point. At the, it, you know, it's not the midway point. Sure. It's, it's three quarters of the way through the season. But the All Star Game, for some reason, is always called the midpoint. Um, who the MVP is? Did you see this? I did not see it, but I would assume your your boy in, in Denver is going to three peat. Seventy seven percent. Seventy-seven percent of these people who supposedly have an MVP vote—there's much more than that—but of the people they polled, he got seventy-seven percent. And here's an interesting stat: if he wins the MVP this year in the NBA, he will be the fourth player to win it three years in a row. Wow! And that's a second-round pick, Dan. Yeah. A second round pick. That's a pretty good second round pick. Well, the the general manager, the general manager in Minnesota is making eight million dollars a year. <laughs> eight million dollars a year for one thing. He drafted Jokic in the second round. Tim Conley uh-huh. is the general manager that was here and is now making eight million dollars in Minnesota because he made one pick. Anyway. The other three players that have won three consecutive MVPs, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, and Larry Bird. So that was something that Jordan never did. Nope. Never wow. won three consecutive. Okay. No now LeBron. Here, in, the, in the three seasons that they won MVP, Wilt Chamberlain won one championship okay. in those three years. But he was going against a guy by the name of Bill Russell, who won eleven, who won the championship <laughs> all three years. He was MVP. Larry Bird won the championship twice in the three year, the three consecutive years. He was the MVP. Jokic has a chance to do it and hasn't sniffed an NBA championship. So what 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 do you think about that? Is is it just how is the MVP? Should it just go to the player that's the best player, the player that helps his teammates the most, or the player that's winning championships? Well, 
you know, I, I guess the the argument could be made that the the guy who's winning his championship probably has a whole lot of help, right? But um, I think it should go to the you know to who's the most valuable person to their team. Like, what would that team be without Jokic? And um, and I think you you can see it in certain ways. So like, let's just compare Jokic and Jason Tatum. I think the Celtics could withhold not having Jason Tatum way easier than the Nuggets could not having Jokic. Granted. Granted. So from that I mean, standpoint, they almost beat Milwaukee the other night. Didn't have Tatum, Brown, or Smart. Right, and I would think that Tatum would probably be, have to be getting some of those votes. Uh, he was he was second. No, Giannis. Giannis. I think Giannis was second. And that's another and Tate, person there. They it, take Giannis off that team. I mean, what is what is the Bucks? Right, you know. Yeah. Did, no, did they even make the point. playoffs? That, I, I, but I was really surprised at that poll. I mean, I'm not surprised that Jokic is the favorite. But by that much, seventy-seven percent. He's pretty dominant. I mean, you know. It, oh no! I mean, he's Mister Triple Double. He's averaging, averaging a triple double this year. I think the last person to do that was a guy by the name of Oscar Robertson. Well, did did Westbrook not average a triple double? Did he? I don't know. I yeah, mean, he, he might you know, have. He, he set the record. You know, he beat Big O's uh, record for the triple double. So I, would, I don't know if he did for the season or not. Yeah. That would be that would be a good thing. Did you ever did you play against Oscar Robertson? No, no, he was a little bit before your time, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he would have been, and, but him and, and Russell, of course, you know, he he was still playing. Um, remember, he went. Of course, he was with Cincinnati forever and ever. Mm-hmm. But remember, he went to Milwaukee. Uh, would have been my. Your rookie my year, right? First year with my yeah. rookie year with the Colonels. It was when he and Kareem won the championship in Milwaukee. And I can't I, – I don't know how many years he played after that. That's not even no, fair to have time, those two guys. By the time we got to the NBA, Oscar was – Was gone. Yeah. I mean, to have those two guys on the same team would not be fair. <laughs> not fair. <laughs> well, Oscar, Oscar was – you know, his career was waning. He wasn't – he wasn't as good as he was when he played uh, in Cincinnati, but he – he was still a heck of a player. Yeah. No question about that. Yeah. yeah so, uh, you know, going on with that, we had the NBA All-Star Game Saturday night, Saturday at 8 p.m. on ESPN 680-1057 and the ESPN Louisville app. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game, so that was NBA All-Star Saturday night with all the skills competition, the dunk contest that Dan's can't wait to watch. Yeah, uh, no. No, tune in and watch. Uh, if the NBA it? dunk contest is terrible on TV, how awful would it have to be to listen to on the radio? I, you should find out. Listen to the listen to see how bad it is on the radio. <laughs> I hope Dominique says nobody wins this year because I could still dunk better than these kids, <laughs> especially the one kid who hadn't even played in the NBA this season. So, um, the NBA All Star Game is Sunday, seven o'clock on ESPN six eighty and one hundred five seven. Again, I'm, I want to see what that over under is going to be because it's always fascinating. That's a fascinating bet. Uh, UConn versus Seton Hall Saturday, eleven forty five on ESPN six eighty one hundred five seven. The app, uh, and then the NC State. They're talking about Kevin Keats versus North Carolina. Big in state rivalry right there, twelve forty five, ESPN six eighty uh, one hundred five seven on the ESPN Louisville app. I don't know how you have one play. Oh, that, uh, that that must be on Sunday. They don't have the date on that one. And then the Daytona five hundred is Sunday at two thirty on ninety three nine. The Ville. Are you a NASCAR guy at all? Uh, I'm not. Okay. I, 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 I'm not. I, I think um, 
you know, uh, Louis um, Dampier, my dear friend, grew up just south of, of Indianapolis. And he, for years and years and years, if we weren't playing, uh, he would go to the uh, to the Indianapolis 500. And I wouldn't walk across the street to go to the Indianapolis 500. <laughs> I, th- I think it's a I think it's an acquired taste. Um, I, what's interesting about this, about NASCAR, is I don't think there's another sport who basically starts their game with their Super Bowl. Would you not say that the Daytona 500 is the biggest stock car race in yeah. the country? Uh, one, yeah, absolutely. You know, and they come they come with it right out of the box. I mean, I They're, guess you could say the Triple Crown does the same thing, but I mean, we have prep races and all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, you know that's the closest thing that i would say happens yeah yeah and speaking of prep races we have the first 50 point uh derby qualifying race uh uh, tomorrow really looking forward to that and the timing the timing mike works out great i can watch kentucky then i can watch (laughs) all the horse racing and then i can watch louisville perfect it's just a great that's a great day (laughs) absolutely and then still probably tune into the dunk contest after the louisville game yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> that'll that'll happen. I think I have to t- trim the hair in my ears that while that's going on. <laughs> hey, um, reminder that this hour of the show is brought to you by our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky. Um, whether you're looking for a dental plan or a vision plan, Delta Dental has you covered. You can visit them. Uh, either calling at 1-800-955-2030 or visit them online at ky.deltadental.com. Welcome back to Dan Issel and Louis Rebeau on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Dan and Louie. Welcome back to the show. Mike Gandolfo here filling in for Louis Rebeau, who is on vacation. And um, this is my last day. Louis will be back on Monday with Dan. Dan, you and Louie got to come up with some sort of name for this show instead of just like the Dan and Louie show. Like, I think I think you guys have been together long enough where we got to come up with something, you know? Hmm. Not well, first in? of all, it's Issel and Louie. It's not Dan. And well, Louis. that's that's true. Issel and Louie. <laughs> I, listen, I got scolded for calling you Mr. Issel. think too benign? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think you could come up with something kind of fun, you know? Why don't you help us with that? Yeah, I don't, you know, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think what We've we got all the promos with. cut already. I got to figure out how to make fun of Louie with the name. That's what I got to come up with, so... <laughs> All right. Well, we got a big day of horse racing that's happening. Uh, by the way, I, before we get off the NBA talk, did you see that Julius Randle is now in the three-point shooting contest? That tells you how good the NBA skills competition should be. If Julius Randle's in the three-point contest, so yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's what you want. Out to of see. all the Kentucky players to be in the three-point shooting contest, we got Julius Randle and, and Tyler. Uh, uh, yeah. Before we get to the, to the horse racing, sticking with the NBA, yeah, uh, there was kind of an all-encompassing our, uh, interview. Uh, with Commissioner Silver yesterday that I, I, I enjoyed very much. I didn't see the interview. I read the transcript. Uh, but uh, one thing he said, you know, they were talking about that horrendous miscall against um, uh, LeBron a couple weeks ago. And he, and he said uh, that the uh, referees are they are disciplined for their calls. Right. And he, uh, he said, we don't make that public. 
Um, and and my I guess my my comment would be why not? I mean, if the players screw up, it gets scrutinized. the 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 videos are all over. If a coach screws up, it's it's all over. Why 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 don't we not publicize if if a referee misses a call that's that obvious? Why don't we say hey you know. The, the guy is suspended for three games or the guy got fined $20,000. Why Why do we not say that about the officials? Because I think they probably do it in different ways too. Like I think he even mentioned like it comes down to like who their playoff assignment, what happens with playoff assignments and all that kind of stuff that ends up being extra income for being good. I think he went more on the we're going to reward the guys who are doing a good job if they're if they're continually not carrying themselves the way they wanted to uh they want an official to carry themselves or they're continually to make mistakes then they don't get those they don't get those playoff games you know mm-hmm. um the other thing that he brought up that he thought was a huge problem was the load of crap management and that they're trying to come up with ways to you know to keep players on the court and not just you know, sit out with with minor minor injuries. Which was your point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I've got a real simple one. You know, if they don't pay, if they don't play, don't pay them. Mm-hmm. That 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 would never pass. That would never pass in a hundred years. One alternative that he came up with was that you had to play in a certain number of games to get uh, any rewards. So, in other words, uh, you would have to play in. In 80% of the games to be considered for the MVP. Uh, I, I think that's at least a step in the right direction. I would have to think that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand already, though. When you think, like, if you didn't play in 80% of the games, are you going to be considered for the MVP award? Mm-hmm. Probably not. But I'm, I'm glad that the commissioner realizes that it's a problem. It's a problem. I mean, the, the Nuggets played, and we brought this up yesterday with Jay Davis, the, the Nuggets played against um, Dallas the other night. And, you know, everybody was anxious to see uh, Irving and, and Dantich. And Irving doesn't play uh, with back tightness. That's not what Tiger back Woods tight, said. Back, back tightness. Mike, if I didn't play every time my back was a little tight... I would have played, you know, uh, I, I would have missed 20 games a year. What about what about and knee so, pain? Did you ever have any knee pain? <laughs> no, no. No, I you did good on that? Knee pain. No. Yeah, well that, you're fortunate on that one then, right? I still, uh, to this day, knock on wood, I don't have any knee pain. Wow. I, I mean, how unusual for especially a guy your size to not have knee pain, you know? Did you ever see me play? I mean, you, you played, I mean, you did play in the pros when I was born, but you... Um, I would have been really young. Yeah. Well, I never, I never ran fast I've seen enough or jumped high enough to get hurt. So I've seen videos. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the uh, pick five at the fairgrounds. Great card. There's some uh, early on in the card. There's an allowance race that could be, uh, and I can't remember what race it is. Let me. I believe it's it like race six. If I remember what you're talking about. Uh, uh, it, it's the, no, it's, no. That's uh, the Albert Stall. Is it the? Is it? it, it it's um, race eight's an allowance race, uh, and then race three's an allowance race. 
Yeah, no, it's a three. It's a three-year-old. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Race race, race eight. Race eight. It has has about. It's an allowance race, non-winners other than, but it's got like four horses in it that could be in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, it's that, a it's an interesting kind of thing that I think we're seeing, Dan, as far as the alternative routes because those hundred-point races are so important that the route to get to those 100-point races don't necessarily go through the 10-point, 20-point, 50-point races. Sometimes trainers are picking their spots and uh, and making a decision to uh, get there some other routes, and then all they know, hey, if I hit the board, if I hit the board in a 100-point race, I'm in the Derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that eighth race, the allowance race, is unbelievable. Let's start with the – we'll do the pick five. Uh, 500,000 guaranteed pool, by the way, on this pick five. Um, okay, and it start it starts with uh, five and a half furlongs on the grass for four year olds and up, called the Colonel Power, a hundred thousand dollars. And the thing that w- was really interesting, you have a sprint race like this on the grass. Usually, you see a lot of a lot of horses, Mike, that just want to go to the lead and go as fast as they can for as long as they can, and. And there really aren't a lot of speed horses in this race, which I found very interesting. No, you actually got a lot of older older horses. Uh, uh, this is a very interesting race. You do have Pyron, who's in this race at 10-1, to 1, who won the race last year, but was a huge upset winner uh, in that race. So he's not really getting a whole lot of respect here. Uh, the, the horse that's getting the most kind of love is the eight-horse Surveillance, who's 5-2, to two, but has won, I believe, three straight and uh, including two at the fair or three, all three at the fairgrounds, and so he's kind of a horse for the track. And um, of course, Ken DeSor- or Keith DeSormo there uh, knows that track really, really well. And so I think he's a well-deserving favorite. I think the one thing to watch is if you do get Evan Singh, who is an also eligible. The turf course has had some issues at the fairgrounds with uh, some yeah. The like rail seating. is yeah. way uh, the rail is out in the middle of what would be the regular turf right. course exactly. So they're they're limited to eight horse fields, uh, but if one of these ho- but they're also expected really great weather on Saturday. But if any of these horses uh, do scratch out, Evan Singh comes in. Uh, that would be a horse that I would also kind of watch with Flavian Pratt aboard. But surveillance would be a well deserving favorite for me on on this race. Yeah, the only thing. Uh, 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 there's uh, on his PPs. They're all dirt races. Uh, he did. He does have a record. It, it's back before now, but he he has uh, he has a first and a second in three grass starts. So uh, and he's out of a mizzen mass mare. So that shouldn't be a problem. But um, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a with a little bit of a price. I'm going to go with the three horse all in sync. Steve Asmussen, Tyler Gaffleon, uh, last time out in the Woodford, a grade two at uh, at at Keeneland, he got beat four and a quarter lengths by the the best uh, grass sprinter in the country last year, Golden Pal. So uh, I'm going to take a little flyer on the three horse all in sync. All right, you can't go wrong with those uh, connections either with Asmussen and Gaffleon. So. Uh, good good jockey trainer combo right there okay the next race is uh, grade three the mine shaft again for older uh, horses going a mile and a 16th um, who'd you like here well and this is a, another horse a race here where we're going to see some some probably some names we uh, have seen before especially if you follow you know we've had Farmington Road who's I believe ran the Derby uh, Tawny Port is in this race 
Um, you got a horse named Big Blue Lime, which of course, if I'm going to bet the name, that's probably what it's going to be. Uh, the the two, I'm, I'm a big fan of the two horses that kind of come out of Indiana a little bit. Uh, I love Deshaun Parker, and Deshaun Parker is has six thousand career wins, but he's never, and he's all up in Indiana. He won with Mr. Wireless in the Indiana Derby. He has never won a graded stakes race out of those six thousand wins. I'm going to go with Deshaun Parker right here to get his first graded stakes win. I'm going to be cheering really hard. It's a little bit of a sentimental pick. Uh, him and Mr. Wallace have a lot of history together, and I'm I'm hoping that Deshaun pulls that off. Yeah, uh, there. Um, I'm you know Happy American has won his last two starts. He won a Grade Three here at the Louisiana the last time out. Uh, son of uh, of Run Happy, uh, but I'm I'm going to go um, I'm I'm going to go with Tawny Port. Uh, Brad Cox obviously has been away since the Pennsylvania Derby, and something went really wrong in the Pennsylvania Derby. He only beat one horse right. and got beat 16 and a quarter lengths. But before that, he was third in the Jim Dandy behind Epicenter, who was a three-year-old champ. He won the Ohio Derby. He only got beat four and three-quarter lengths in the Kentucky Derby and won the Grade Three Lexington before that. So. I'm I'm a big Brad Cox guy. Brad Cox, Mike, is hitting at 42% at the fairgrounds this year. Wow. 42%. He's probably had 60% of the entries, though, Dan. (laughs) Could be. Could could be at a rate. He's got three in the Risen Star that we're going to get to. So I'm going to go with with Tawny Port in that one. You know, the layout there would probably be the biggest concern. But like you said, whenever you got Brad and Frenchie uh, aboard, that jockey combo hit at 35% with Brad Cox and Florent Giroux. Um, uh, That's a very good pick. I do, by the way, I do like Happy American a lot in this race, too. Um, I think that's hard not to like Happy American, especially after the last performance at the fairgrounds. Well, I think, you know, there's, a, and we'll get to it in a minute, but I, I think there's a single in this sequence. Mm-hmm. And when you can find a single in, in a pick five, you know, then you can afford to go a little deeper. In, in my pick five ticket, uh, I think I'm going to have three or four horses in this race. Um, okay, so we'll move on then to the race 11, which is the fairground stakes presented by Horse Racing Nation. $150,000 purse. It's about a mile and an eighth on the turf. Um, again, limited to eight horses in this uh, turf race. There is no also eligible, so the eight we got is, is it. Um, there's there's some show on the show last night. We had a little bit of a flyer of a, of a potential upset win here. Uh, a lot of people like Corelli. So the mm-hmm. seven would be kind of the long shot pick here with Corelli. Um, 109 has got uh, has his best uh, speed figure. Um, again, Florangero aboard here. Uh, so look for maybe an upset win with Corelli in this race. The two Emmy and Tis the Bomb going to be the uh, the favorite. Or well, I'm sorry, Tis the Bomb is not the favorite, um, but two Emmys is. I, I don't understand Dan why they keep on trying to make Tis the Bomb a turf horse. It's pretty evident to me that he doesn't want to be a turf horse he, this is a synthetic this is a horse that likes to be on the synthetic and right. uh, i i would not go for the tis the bomb route at all um two emmys could definitely be uh, a well-deserving favorite but i'm gonna go with corelli the seven. Ooh, well uh two emmys is uh is seven years old now right and uh, has had a great career but has to has to has to slow down at some point, so I'm I'm looking at uh, at an alternative too. I'm going to go with Gentle Soul. Okay. Um, I think uh, Calhoun is having a great meet. 
uh, Ray Lou Gutierrez, I think, is a very underappreciated jockey. And um, so I'm going to – he won the uh, Colonel Bra- uh, Bradley last time out on this track. So I'm going to go with the four-horse gentle soul. Oh, you're a gentle soul. Yeah. 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 Kind of goes hand in hand. Well, I would think that this would be your single and the Rachel Alexander, but I'm not 100% sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. So the Rachel Alexander Stakes uh, presented by Fazig Tipton. This is the Oaks Prep Race, $300,000 on the on the line, model 16th on the dirt. And, I, you know, I, I, I think we're going to have the same horse here. Uh, and I would single her as well because I think she's the horse most likely to win the Oaks. Um, and so, in some ways, if she didn't, if she doesn't win the Derby, there, there. <laughs> listen, you're not wrong. You know, um, she's one of two in the early nominations, and of course, there's another nomination uh, for more money coming up. But she and um, Julia Shining, the full, the full, yeah, the full yeah. sister to Malathat, right, are the only two fillies that were nominated to the Derby in the early nominations, and uh, you know. This horse looks. I, I do think it's been interesting because did you see? Have you seen any of the pictures of this horse this week? By the way, she's been training at the fairgrounds. She's training really well. I mean, she's been bullet after bullet after bullet. Yes, she's been destroyed. And that's and then again, you know, on uh, Oaks and Derby Day, they clear the track and only have the three year olds on the track for the that are the Oaks and Derby contenders at one time. She's on the track with everybody when when you see those stats. And so. Uh, she is going to go up against uh, Chop Chop, who was a, a horse that Dan and I saw run in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly, who was very disappointing. Chop Chop disappointed again last time out, you know, I think in the Silver Bullet Day. Um, but it is Brad Cox and it is with Florent Giroux, so that is a, it's a great combo. And again, you can't, it's hard to go against Brad Cox, but a lot of people were buzzing about Chop Chop before the Juvenile Philly at Keeneland. Uh, but I think we're going to see a performance from Hoosier Philly, kind of like how I felt about watching flight line where you just want to just sit back and watch that's the, the exact that's the exact comparison i've come up with now you have to be careful she's not flight line i don't i don't want to play no, yeah. no 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 but she, i mean she's a she's a three-year-old filly but uh you know and you got to be careful because tom amos uh if there's a if there's a trainer out there that overhypes his horses it's tom amos but he he says this filly this is a three-year-old filly that's only made three starts as a two-year-old, and he says she's the best horse he's ever trained, and he won the Oaks with the Serengeti Empress. Right, and so uh, you know if you, if you believe him, l- let me tell you my favorite Tom Amos story. This is this has been several years ago, and I had uh, a horse or two with Dale Romans, and uh, and Tom Amos and Dale Romans are battling for the leading trainer title at Churchill Downs. So I wind up in the restroom with Tom Avers. I've never met him. He wouldn't know me from Adam. But we're standing there washing our hands together. And so I just, you know, make conversation. I say, uh, Tom, uh, take it easy on my man. And he said, who's your man? And I said, Dale Romans. And he looked at me and he said, you got the wrong man. <laughs> So, so Tom, Tom's pretty full of himself. So, uh, but but I think this this Philly probably will uh, will lead up. Uh, will we'll, we'll make it all of his bragging. Uh, I think she'll stand up to it tomorrow. 
We did have Cherie DeVoe's sister, Adrian, who helps out in Cherie's barn on um, on the show last night, and she is very high on their their filly in this race, uh, Vava. So you might want to watch that horse to, to maybe hit the board. It just says she had some troubles. She had some growing pains, you know, that showed up in some of her past results. But since that December um, effort that she had where she came in third, they actually sent her away for a while. And when the horse came back, she's like, it's a completely different horse. And mm. so that could be a horse that you could see potentially pop up and maybe hit the board if you're okay. playing the exotics. But I don't, right. I'm not picking anybody to be huge or Philly. So. Uh, and uh, the last race in the pick five tomorrow at the fairgrounds is a grade two risen star, $400,000, uh, which is an awful lot of money. But probably more importantly, the winner of this race will be in the Kentucky Derby uh, as far as the qualifying points are concerned. I thought this race was wide, wide. This is a highly open. competitive race. Highly yep. competitive race. Yep. 14, 14 horses. Yeah. Uh, and I think we want to the post. real quick, Dan, I just want to start with the five horse just because we're seeing the first affection from the Baffert barn to the Asmussen, to Steve Asmussen's barn. Great point. Um, Great point. We're going to see, like, you know, Dan, and I talked about earlier in the week with the judges rolling and kind of pending. I don't think that this uh, Harlow Stables group here was uh, someone that, you know, was probably lost in the shuffle in the Baffert barn with three year olds anyway. And so all the points probably came to them making, going ahead and making a move made a whole lot of sense. Um, I don't particularly like the horse in this in this spot, uh, but it is something to just kind of watch as we get closer to that two weeks or so when tra- uh, owners are going to have to make a decision whether or not to stick with Baffert or move on to someone else. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and of course uh, it'll be interesting. the The judge who Baffert and his attorney have have, have asked to uh, recruit herself. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, you know, this, her ruling has to for, for it to be poignant. The ruling has to come before the end of the month, so people can move the horses. Yeah, I would expect that we probably hear something next week, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so, who did you like in this race? I I thought again. I thought it was tough, tough, tough. I'm going to use all three of Brad's of Brad's horses. Brad has the six. Angel of Empire, uh, and uh, Louis Saez is coming uh-huh. in to ride. Uh, now, uh, she did, or excuse me, he got beat uh, by three lengths last time out in the Sparty Jones by Victory Formation. But Victory Formation, uh, who will probably be the favorite, uh, has the 13 hole. Right. So I'm going to use uh, I'm going to use him. I'm going to use the other Brad Cox horse, Tappet's Conquest. Uh, who um, was a big favorite, even money favorite in an allowance race last time out. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to use uh, the 13 victory formation. There is one other horse that I am going to throw in, and that is the 10 horse, two fills. Two fills um, was, uh, got, got beat about 10 lengths in the uh, Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland, came back, and won the street sense by five lengths at at Churchill last time out. Got ran second, two and a half lengths to Instant Coffee, and I think Instant Coffee is a really good three year old. So in my pick five, I'm going to use those four horses. It's interesting because I'm watching these races more to see who who could be a Derby contender. Like I don't think Instant Coffee at the end of the day is a horse that could win the Derby. So uh, not to say he's not a good horse, I just don't think he can win that race. Right, just the way. From that closing style, 
obviously we saw it last year but it was rare circumstances last year with the rabbit being in the race and how everything just kind of opened up for rich strike uh we do have a texture by the way dan who says they really like the seven horse sun thunder so uh kenny mcpeak's horse there they said throughout the last race it was in the slop uh but then one at uh oakland race four on december 31st uh so we'll see if if Sun Thunder pops and the texture might be right. I'm 15, to, 15 to 1 on the morning line. No matter who you like in here, you're going to get a really nice price. You could get price. a really good price. If yeah. I looked at the three Cox uh, entries, um, I would agree that you know you got – the six is probably my least favorite. Uh, the uh, I do think we could see a big performance out of the eight-horse tap. It's Conquest to potentially get up there and, and get the win because I'm not a huge fan of victory formations. Uh post position either three to one if victory formation runs the race though and comes out as the winner here and is stalking the entire way or up front the entire way it's probably going to have to go early and is able to have that style and win this race there's a good shot that victory formations in the the conversation for the favorite the first saturday of may um the 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 long shot that we kind of liked on the show last night was the 12 horse croupie so that's a long shot to watch there. Another 15-1 to 1 short horse out of Todd Pletcher's barn. Just historically, Pletcher, uh, Pletcher knows what he's doing when he, uh, when he positions his horses in these prep races. No question. He is very, very calculated. He might be the best at it. So whenever I see a Pletcher horse entered, especially in a route that he normally doesn't go, like he doesn't usually go through Louisiana, and he placed this horse in this race there's a reason, uh, and I'm paying attention at 15 to one on that horse. I do like the two fills at eight to one, uh, but I if, and and I'm real interested interested to see kind of what happens with Curly Jack as well. Just to, again, just to get more information as we uh, approach the Derby season. If I'm going to take a pick, I'm going to take uh, Victory Formation. I think we could be seeing a really strong performance out of it. But again, spread this race because uh, it would not surprise me. Uh, that we have a pretty good size upset in here either. This is a deep, deep field. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned you mentioned Krupe, the uh, the twelve horse James Graham. Uh, for some reason, he always shows up on big days. So yes. that that might be a nice play. When you handicap a race, Mike, I know I'm not the handicapper, Louis. Is I just want to be very clear. So I'm not going to sit here and try to does, be that does guy. Does this does this enter your thoughts at all? Victory formation is a tap right uh, tap right stallion yep. by tap it stands for ten thousand dollars and he sold in a two-year-old in training sale for three hundred and forty thousand dollars that's crazy i mean that's 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 a nice return on absolutely your stud fee. yeah and i that, definitely look at that stuff too oh yeah. for sure yeah, yeah. Well, I hear the music. Mike, I really want to thank you for sitting in uh, for Louie this week. Uh, great job. Appreciate it. Uh, Anytime. I'm sure you'll be uh, you'll be back on the show again, but uh, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Dan. Okay. This has been Issel and Louie on ESPN 680, 105.7. Reminder, Bernos Pizza is in the uh, conference room. Come and get it, you all. Come and get it. Uh, We'll be back again Monday morning and talk about all the things we talked about today and the results as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. 
You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, Come on, muscle through it. But then also say, Hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start, before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com.